this is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back to part three of the increasingly inaccurately named one-shot of Disco Elysium, episode 42 overall. Hey, I mean, we did upgrade it from a one-shot to a full playthrough. I was making a Hitchhiker's reference, and you ruined it. I guess I just didn't know what you were getting at. Yes, well, now you know, but it's too late. It's ruined now. 42. No, that's next episode. (laughs) Almost, though. Not what I was getting at, but okay. I was making a Hitchhiker's reference, and you ruined it. I know, but next episode would be the time to make that particular reference. I can make a reference whenever I want to make a reference. This this is a this is a free podcast where I can do whatever I want. I was trying to come up with a witty rejoinder there, but I really don't have anything. So, oh, I'm glad I'll, I'll I'll leave your your empty silence in there. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, in this episode, we got. Most of the way through day three. I'm actually at the end of day three. I don't think Chris has quite gotten there yet, but he's gotten pretty far. Yeah. I have barely gotten into day three, but oh, I apparently didn't do a whole lot of stuff in day two because there is an awful lot of things for me to do when I ended off last episode. So 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 there's a fair bit of things that I never did in the in the first area that I guess I would still consider day two before I even moved on to three. I okay, think I then. ended up going to bed at like 24 something. Go around does midnight. The, I was going to say, does the counter actually go to 24 something? The counter keeps going for a while. Interesting. I, I, I think it actually goes to like after 2 a.m. But I think at a certain point after that, it... I think something happens because I was I was actually reading something online about where to like like different places to sleep and stuff and apparently in the first area there actually it's actually not possible to sleep outside in the cold I guess and you have to basically get enough money to go into that room and if you don't do it I guess you just soft lock your game because apparently it just ends there. So unless you reload from a previous save where you have enough time to actually go get enough money, you basically soft lock yourself and have to restart. Oh, at least that's what I was seeing people were saying online that apparently from what I understand, you can't just go sleep on a bench. Interesting. Hmm. You know, I wonder if that's because Kim won't leave you until you try to go to your room and then like you could, because then you can go off and sit on the benches and stuff once Kim is gone, but he won't let you do that while he's there. And typically when the night is over, he won't leave until you actually try to go back to your room. And then he says, I'll meet you in the morning. Yeah. I noticed that in day, in day two. So I wonder if that's why like it gets stuck or whatever, because you can't go. You can't go sit on the bench because he's still there. But you can't go to your room unless you've paid the money. Yeah, because if you click on his specific door, he doesn't go in or anything. It just there is one thing I want to know: what's inside Kim's room? It's completely blacked out, and you can't see anything. I, it, it's not a mystery from the character standpoint, but I need to know what's inside <laughs> that room. It's probably just a standard room. But why is it blacked out? That makes no sense. Just because Kim happens to be staying there, 
I want to know what's inside that room. It's basically the blue door for me, except unlike every other random mystery in this game, the main character apparently just does not care what's inside there. It's like, oh, well, Kim's inside there. I would assume. I don't care if Kim is inside there. I need to know what is in that room. I would assume the reason it's blacked out is just because you haven't been inside it because everything is blacked out until you specifically enter it. Oh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Well, so I guess the question I have is because you went into Khaleesi's room without going through the whole pinball section, was that whole section blacked out for you when you went up to her room? Yeah, the door's there, and I just can't, I couldn't see on the other side of the door at all. It's just a door. And when I clicked on it, they were like, oh, this looks like it might connect to that other one downstairs. And that's all, but I couldn't see anything on the other side. Oh, see, well, for me, because that's how I actually got up to a room in the first place. I went through that door, and so I always knew that there was a pinball machine back there, which is why when we were talking about this in the first place, I was thinking to myself, dude, what? it's very clear that there's you can see it from her room. What are you talking about? How do you not know? Yeah. Um, now, now that makes a lot more sense to me. I did go in the blue door, though. I went back and got the key. Now that I've got the tab button, I went back and cleaned up a couple loose ends. I did, there wasn't that much though. I was honestly pretty thorough, despite not having that in terms of you know objectives that I hadn't quite finished. But I did do that, and I did go back and read the note. And I will say I do agree with you. Your representation of the note in the last episode was pretty accurate. It is pretty. The lady is pretty intently like ride or die for presumably for you, the main for Henry. Um, but who certainly for whoever he wrote, she wrote that note to, she was like all in on everything. So I guess that really begs the question of what happened. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get there, but I'm almost wondering because he says X. So, so I actually have some speculation on that based off of the note. She is, is very ride or die. Henry, even when he was a massive drunk and even when everything was down and out, the game refers to her as an ex. I'm thinking maybe because in his brain, it's easier to deal with if she left you versus she died. I was thinking the same thing, actually. Yeah, that she's actually dead. And that you're trying to process it as, well, she's not dead. She just left you. And maybe your brain is like, well, there's a chance that she could come back or something like that. Is trying to help you cope with the whole thing. I'm actually wondering if she she died in some way. Maybe it was a a criminal or something that, that got to her, or maybe it was like cancer or something. I'm actually thinking that she died, and that is the spiral that really tipped you over the over the ice. I because I, I, it was very clear you had a problem before, and she was just like, "We'll get through this." Yeah i I have a feeling it might be connected to a case he did, and that's why. Um he like basically made himself forget everything that he had done. That's been my speculation for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Based off of that note, I wasn't really too, I wasn't, it's not really something that I thought about until that note, but when I got the note and I, I didn't want to extrapolate on this last time because you hadn't seen it yet. But when I got that note, I was pretty sure that, okay, so she's, she's definitely all in on Henry or Harrier because I have his badge now. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I 
based off of that, I mean, yes, he could have done something horrible and then it caused her to actually leave. But I think for anybody, it's easier to say they to think that somebody left you versus thinking somebody died. Because if someone dies, obviously there is no coming back from that. But if somebody leaves you, there's always the, albeit remote chance, but potential chance that they could come back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I definitely agree. I actually started to wonder about that um, on the first night when you talked to yourself in the tree. Mm-hmm. A couple of the things he said kind of made me wonder if something like that wasn't going on. But um, the note definitely reinforced that. So I I went back and I figured out the whole Joyce thing, which I mean, I have to since I was able to get to my badge at this point. Uh, it took me a while to find it because I had no idea what you were talking about. I was really, really confused to, to the point where I even called you and I was like, dude, I have no idea where to go to figure any of this out. You're like, what do you mean? Just go to the traffic jam. I'm like, what traffic jam? There isn't a traffic jam. I see a whole bunch of cars, but I don't see a road. And I think it's because it was there was just a bunch of snow everywhere. Nothing looked like an actual road to me. I was just, I over and over, you just kept, you're like, yeah, go to the traffic jam and just talk to all those people. I'm like, all those people, there's like one guy. There's like one dude. <laughs> I'm glad you eventually worked it out because, yeah, I was sitting there like, I don't understand how to make it any clearer, honestly. Like, it's literally right outside. It's like, take a picture, man. I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing here. There's just a bunch of cars. And so I walk over and I talk talk to the poet again. No, you never did. Don't, Don't kid yourself. I wasn't that messed up on this whole process. Took a picture. I walked over and I talked to the poet again. And then I found out that he is a lorry driver. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess there is some sort of traffic pile up here. <laughs> and so I talked to him and he's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a poet. I'm, I'm doing this stuff. And, uh, and then he's like, yeah, I don't really know anything. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of information. I have no idea about these drugs. That's, that's not my scene, man. Like, that's just not something I would really do okay, whatever, I guess I'll go talk to somebody else. And I walk over and I talk to that grandma lady, because previously, before I knew about the whole drug trafficking thing, I had tried to talk to her, and it gave me the option to snap in her face, and I did that, and then Kim goes, hey, dick, she's obviously lost in thought, just leave her alone. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, it's one of the few times that Kim like butts in and just absolutely shuts you down as opposed to, I mean, there's, there's plenty of times where he'll make a comment like, I don't know about this, but I, it would honestly surprised me a little bit that he was just flat out. Nope. We're done. I refuse. Yeah. I thought that was weird. He's like, yo, leave her alone. I'm like, what is this? Your grandma, Kim? Like leave me alone. I obviously have a process. (laughs) It's true. The process may be dirty, it may not be quick, and it may be bad, <laughs> but I have a process, and I get results, Kim. I don't know if you noticed, but I've gotten many, many results. So I talked to uh, then then I, I I talk to her, and she basically says, "Yeah, I guess I could have drugs. 
I don't really care what I what I stow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the grandma okay. was a trip. Okay, lady, are are you kidding me right now? You're telling me you have no possible idea what you could possibly have. I'm like, so can I go look at it? She's like, yeah. Uh, no. I gotta protect my cargo. Now you don't have drugs back there. I'm like, you just told me you have no idea what you're hauling. She's like, she, she just kept, like, she was just insane to talk to. It was basically like talking to me. <laughs> I'm glad you drew that connection. It's like, I, I could have, I could have drugs back there. I don't know. Well, can I take a look? Yeah, no. What? What do you mean? Like, I'm a cop. I, I legitimately need to do this. Like, I don't have drugs back there. You just told me that you don't know. Yeah, well, I do know now. <laughs> I know, and it's not that. I'm like, so do you know who does have drugs? I don't know. There's a whole bunch of people who come and go through here, so it could really be any of them, but I don't really know anything else. I'm like, you have been an absolute treat. Um, <laughs> Thank you for this. This was so helpful. I don't ever want to speak to you again. Bye. And so then I walk around for a while. And then I go talk to the guy that was standing in front of those magazines, whom the, I'm the not super kidding. racist guy. I thought that that guy was like a magazine vendor because he was standing outside Actually, of the so giant thing of magazines. I thought he was like one of those guys in like downtown New York or whatever, where they have like a magazine stand and, and you can sell buy the newspapers and stuff. Yeah. Oh no, I, I I thought the same thing at first. At some point in a conversation, I picked up that he drove he drove a truck, but I don't remember when. So I knew that by the time I was doing this mission. But yeah, no, I definitely had the same thought at first, and I was like, "Wow, the newspaper guy's a super racist." I'm really confused. Yeah, so I got I got to him, and I'm just sitting there like I I, I literally don't know who else to talk to. I have no idea who else to talk to. There isn't another lorry driver. This doesn't make any sense at all. This sucks. So I go talk to him because he's basically the only other person I can talk to in this area. He's like, hey, man, I'm a super racist. I'm like, oh, okay. I, that literally, I, you, you're terrible. Because the first thing I did is I told him to screw off. Because he got up and he's like, hey, cop, blah, 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 blah. And then some other racist stuff. And I was like, oh, hey, screw you, man. Did you uh did you show him the the mug from the from the trash? I didn't take the mug. Oh, I did, and I'd actually because I was using it, I, I, I took it because I was like, okay, well, maybe this is connected to the person who threw everything out of the trash. And it's come up a couple times actually, because like in the house of that guy that Everard wants you to uh unlock his door when you go inside he has a whole collection of that and that one is missing so it looks like that mug was his and so then i was like oh, okay so whoever lives here is probably connected to the case somehow um and i showed it to this truck driver because he clearly was someone who would be into that sort of thing and he just laughs at it and i'm like okay this went exactly the opposite of how i wanted it to go like, that's pretty funny i'm like no it's not no how did you think he was going to react he's a racist i was hoping he'd be like Oh hey, I I you know was looking for for that or whatever. That was kind of my thought, but 
No, he just kind of laughs at it. And I'm like, I don't eh. think this random lorry driver is going to turn out to be the secret murderer this whole time. I don't think he's going to turn out to be the murderer. I just thought maybe he would be connected to the case because that's clearly, he's clearly into that sort of thing. You just wanted to bring him in for more questioning. You wanted to find out all of his racist things. So, I mean, he's clearly a terrible person and probably deserves to be questioned about something. Am I right? I mean, maybe, but, but so are you. Cause you're walking around without a shoe. No, at this point, I've got my shoes. <laughs> so I so I, I actually have a question. Okay. Now that you know tab is a thing, how much has your life improved? Honestly, like I was saying, I'm surprised. I actually haven't missed that much stuff. I mean, I went back through while I was cleaning up some things, but I was surprisingly thorough even without tab. Yes, that's not what I'm talking about. How has your life improved now that you noticed tab is a thing? I mean, I definitely hit it on the right like pretty much uh, tap it all the time to see if there's anything in the area i don't hold it down and keep it on but i mean it's definitely helping me as i go forward especially as i explore across the river which is pretty much all new you know mostly new content for me at this point probably why i was able to blow through so much stuff before you were able to before because i wasn't clicking on every single thing in the area i was just tabbing and only clicking on those things I do want to point out one of my, uh, shoot, one of my internalize. I do want to point out one of my internalize gives me every single time I click on a knowledge bubble, it gives me an XP. That's cool. I have one that, um, because I decided to go all in on, um, the communism thing early. Every time I say something like left wing, I get like five experience and it's pretty sweet. You dirty communist. I can't believe you. I, I mean, I'm a believe. communist hobo who also did uh, some lounge singing. I don't know if you've done that side quest yet, but that was pretty funny. No, I have not done that yet. That is not... See, I am a good cop, and singing in a lounge is not really something I'm going to waste my time on. If you prefer to waste your days away singing karaoke and getting drunk and doing cigarettes and drugs, you can, but I am what you would typically consider a good cop. Okay, let's back up a second, because you already were saying at the beginning that your methods may be confusing and bad, so you've already acknowledged you're not a good cop. That doesn't, just because my methods are bad doesn't make me a bad cop. I, I mean, by definition, that's exactly what it by does. Going out and getting cigarettes and singing karaoke, not even wearing a shoe. Again, we've established the shoe has been taken care of. Yet now, the fact that it wasn't taken care of immediately is the problem. Listen, Andrew, if, eh. if you want to go out and you want to and you want to sing karaoke, that is fine. I'm not going to stop you. But I have a murder to solve. In case you're wondering. A man has died. I am aware of that. Are you? I am, actually. Because I'm pretty sure you're still on your ridiculous bender, singing karaoke. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm farther along on solving the murder than you are, based on what we established, so... Okay, so just because you've played the game longer doesn't mean... If I had played the game for the exact amount of time that you had, I would also be farther than you. Because I wouldn't have been wasting my time singing karaoke. You know what I waste my time on? Things that get me money, which are stealing boots, cooking them in a stew, 
and then selling them back to the pawn shop guy when Kim's not around. <laughs> I did get the gloves of the suit, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have to assume these are all day three things, which I haven't done yet. That is correct, yes, because they are on the other side of the river, so you would just now be able to get to them. Yes. So anyway, back on the day two stuff, where I, I can only assume that you were just sitting on a bench and drinking while I'm figuring out a murder, but... I will have you know, other than the occasional healing item that I have to take, like, I have not taken any drugs or alcohol or cigarettes at all this game. My guy is doing his best to get back on his feet. So how do you explain the karaoke? I wanted to sing karaoke. You don't have, do you have to be on drugs to do karaoke? Yes, definitely. I, I beg to differ. You, I would have to be on some heavy drugs before I'd ever do karaoke. Man, I used to play rock band and stuff. I'm all about that singing life. Playing rock band is not singing. There's a, there's a singing part in rock band. It was guitar, bass, drums, and singing. Okay. I... St- I stand corrected. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you were a one-man band sitting in your basement singing to yourself. No, I... <laughs> Actually, I have done that occasionally, but... Yes, I know. I used to play rock band with you. I just didn't I remember that there was singing. I was about to say, uh, I was going to mention that too. Like, you used to come over and play the drums. Well, specifically the kick, because whoever was playing the drums couldn't do that. So then I would just do the kick part at the bottom. So we had like a six-man band instead of a five-man band. (laughs) But anyway. Those were the days. So instead of solving murders, you and I were playing rock band. Exactly. Admittedly, at that point in my life, it was not a responsibility of mine to solve a murder. So there was no reason for me to do that. Now you're at the point in your life where you're supposed to be solving a murder and you're singing karaoke instead. That's fine. You know, when the option comes up, I will politely decline. Uh, And even if I don't, I'm certainly not going to tell you about it at this point. I was about to say, that's really how it's going to go, is you're going to do it anyway so you can get the experience points, but then just pretend you didn't so you can act superior. I'm going to do everything, just just like in Witcher. Like, I may not... I am definitely going to be polite with every single person I can, whether or not I save that line of progress, I need to know all I want to experience the entire game. So I will do the karaoke, but as a cop and, and as a witcher, uh, you know, I just try to do the best job I can possibly. We are getting on such a ridiculous tangent over this stupid karaoke thing just because I have to insist that you're a bad cop. Yeah, you're right. That's the problem, is you have to insist that I'm bad even when it's not true. My methods are getting results, and that's what matters. You know where I'm at. Why don't you continue? How did you finish the the whole storyline? So you talk to the racist. What do you do now? Okay, so the the racist guy eventually points you towards um, the other driver in the area, who's the guy who was trying to sell you shoes and stuff originally who's basically just, I think he was just selling stuff out of the back of his truck. (laughs) So that's cool. But they basically send you in a circle and everybody points the finger at somebody else and none of them are actually the person. So eventually you do get the hint that there's, it's a woman. So my first thought was, okay, it must be the grandma because she's the only woman, but it's not her. And that's a dead end. 
I got that from the shoes guy because I specifically said, hey, man, I'm going to tell your employer that you're selling shoes or whatever out of the back of your thing if you don't tell me what's going on. Because after a certain point when you do find out that there's something off, everyone is, is quote unquote, scared to tell you something with the exception of the poet who just doesn't want to because apparently he likes... uh, the the drug culprit right and eventually so you wind up just going and checking the the truck that's left that doesn't have anyone standing by it and it is the fact the truck uh because the driver has apparently abandoned it and so you get some information about a really fancy radio setup um dude you are skipping so much stuff you Okay, sorry, go ahead then, I guess. You you just said you got there from talking to the one guy, so I thought we were jumping to that. No, I wanted you to tell me about how good of a cop you were being and giving me all of this detail, and that's not what happened. So I guess I'll take back over, because you're, you're skipping a lot of good detail here, at least in my opinion. Okay. So after I talk to the racist guy, who in a super racist way basically points to the the other dude where like i said before i didn't i didn't even know that that shoe guy was a lorry driver until i basically had to hammer it out of him because i was like hey man that racist said that you were the guy he's like yeah of course he would say that he's a racist i'm like yeah i get it but like you why didn't you tell me you were a lorry driver in the first place he's like well um it didn't really come up (sighs) fair so do you smuggle drugs no like so do you know who does kind of at least i know that there's a person who isn't here and you can't talk to i was like so who is it and which truck is it well i don't really want to tell you okay thanks and then he basically just gives you just like everybody else, he he doesn't really want to give you any information because these truck drivers are like, you're the law, snitches get stitches, and I'm not going to do anything about it. So then I go back and I talk to the poet, and you get all this information from the poet where he basically says, yeah, I know exactly who's not here, I know who she is. I don't really want to tell you. Everyone here thinks she's dangerous, but she's really just her. And, you know, I don't really want, I don't really want to want to talk about it anymore. I'm like, so you really need to tell me which one is hers because I need to know if she's the drug smuggler. He's like, well, I really, really don't want to do that out of respect for her. And I'm like, okay, I won't say anything yet, but. I really kind of need to know. So if I don't get it from anyone else, I'm coming back to you. And he's like, okay, cool. So I actually go talk to the racist again. But before I talked to the racist, I found which lorry was his. And I looked into it and I verified that it actually was his lorry. And so now begins the good old fashioned shakedown because he doesn't want (laughs) to give me any information. But I've basically done a knowledge dump of everything I know. And then I'm like, hey, man, you're going to need to tell me which Lori is hers. I need to know, and you're going to tell me. And he doesn't really say a whole lot, and he just kind of like, no, screw you, whatever. And then Kim kind of gives you this nod of, hey, man, let me do it. 
Yeah. Okay. Sure. Go for it. And he basically talks as if we're mobsters, where there's this Lagrand or some guy, I don't know who it was, but basically it's this local mob guy. And he basically says, listen, man, I can't say that we're his peons, but I'm not going to tell you that we're not. And if you don't give us the information that we're looking for, you're going to have a really bad day. And then he kind of gives you a nod of, why don't you keep it going? <laughs> yeah. And so he he talks, he he comes back and he kind of says, there's no way you're that. That that wouldn't be a thing. Like, you're, you're, you're police officers. And so then I basically fire back with, you're going to give me the information or I'm going to burn down your lorry. I'm going to get you, man. You don't understand the situation that you're in right now. I'm going to burn that down. I'm going to burn you down. I'm going to burn everything to the ground. He's like, cool. So the lorry's right <laughs> down there. You will find it. Um, Don't know anything else, but that's where her lorry is. Please, please, you, please go away. <laughs> you have a horrible day. So then I go down to the lorry. I break in. Uh, with the with the crowbar, and, and it was actually kind of there was an option to kind of look at Kim because it's like, are are you sure about this? And Kim's like, we don't really have another choice. And I'm like, well, you really gonna tell me? I, I guess I'll just break in. So then you break in and you look through everything, and uh, you find out that there's a bunch of maps, and I can't remember what else was in there. There's a radio uh, system that's very elaborate. Yeah. Where it implies that she's like organizing or, you know, like controlling this whole trade or like managing all the different shipments and stuff out of her, out of her lorry. But what you find out that is the most important is that this is Ruby. Cool. So I need to go back and talk to Titan because yeah. uh, his eighth hearty girl is up to no good. Yeah. At this point, between this and. Uh, some of the other stuff, the game is laying on pretty thick that Ruby is uh, is the culprit. It's not just from this. No, I mean, I know, there's I still a lot more in stuff, this whole yeah. section that we have to talk about. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, this is another example of that. We'll get to the rest as we go, but Ruby's clearly up to some stuff. Well, drug smuggling, for one. Yeah, that much we know for sure. <laughs> so then you break into her, her, her lawyer and everything, and then I go talk to Titan. Like, hey, man, so... You know anything about the drug smuggling uh, from Ruby? Because got into her lorry. He's like, uh, yeah. So about that, why wouldn't we smuggle drugs in here? Somebody else is going to do it. Why wouldn't we just take a cut of that pie? Are you serious, Titan? You're bringing drugs into your own town and poisoning your own people. He's like, well, other people would have done it regardless, so at least this way we control it. Like, you are a terrible person, which I've already established. And then I'm like, then I'm throwing all of this information to him about Ruby, like, hey, man, so you don't think it's weird that Ruby, who, without even asking any questions, immediately went to go help Khaleesi with this whole guy being shot in the head thing you don't think that's weird at all she's also a drug smuggler she's into a whole bunch of things that is 
really bad news? You didn't think to question for a second that why on earth is she helping this random girl? Seems like she's going above and beyond. Because then one of the guys goes, yeah, uh, Khaleesi ran down here. Those two went upstairs, and when she came back down, she already had this formulated plan of exactly what she was going to do. And it seemed way more thought out than just a on-the-fly sort of thing. And then Titan kind of cuts him off. And at this point, you have a... I I, I think it's at this point you kind of have a... like a. For me, it was an impossible check. But because I, I found the key, because I found out she was a drug dealer. I confronted him about that and I went and go saw her Lori. I found all of the maps and all of the planning and everything that she's done and the radio that she's that she's found. It's basically like it gave me a total of a plus 7. And so then I pressed him more and he's basically like, "Yeah, so truth time. Let's just talk as regular people. Let's stop this whole I'm a big brute guy act." And let's kind of just hash this out because I was already kind of thinking that she might have been a part of this to begin with. And I just didn't really want to internalize it. But you've given me a lot of information. And so I'm like, yeah, man, kind of seems like she was up to way more than she thought. And he goes, so she got scared and run when she found out you were coming. Yeah, and at this point, you can ask, like, you as in the police, or you as in me specifically, and he clarifies, no, you specifically. And I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) To which I basically said immediately as Harry as well, what do you mean, me specifically? To which his response is, you are known as a can opener. Like, okay, I don't know what the heck that means, but I guess continue. No. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but go on. He he basically talks about you as she knew exactly who you were and knew exactly what you were good at. And this kind of goes back to the whole, you're actually an amazing cop. Because he said, she definitely has something to hide. And when she found out you were coming, she ran scared. Because you have a way of opening people up that nobody else does. You pit suspects against one another until you get all the information you can possibly get. He said, you are, she talked about you as if you were this, that you would never give up. Yeah. Like no matter what, like you you are going to find the person you are literally never going to stop until you do. And at this point I, uh, decided to ask him, I'm like, Kim, Am I a can opener? And he goes, yeah, you do kind of have a way of, in your own strange way of getting people to talk to you, I suppose. I didn't actually ask that, and I just kind of dropped it there. Uh, I, I think I said something else to the matter of, I guess I used to be a really good cop. And Kim kind of fires back with, yeah, basically kind of along the same way of, I've noticed you really have a way of getting exactly what we need. And it's almost like at this point, even if Kim hasn't let you take in the lead, which you actually find out the reason why he's mostly is giving you the lead on this is because apparently 
I, I didn't find this out until like the end of day two. What I was really upset about at the end of the day two, I guess to f- fast forward a little bit, um, only to rewind again later, is there was no wrap up at the end of the day like there was on day one. Yeah, I didn't have a day two wrap up either, but I just assumed that was because Kim had left with the body and I never thought about it again. Maybe Kim was supposed, maybe because Kim was supposed to not be there because I did that whole like weird thing and and I haven't obviously finished day three. So maybe it's just one of those things where there'll be a wrap up then, but there definitely was not a wrap up day for me. And I was actually really disappointed about that where, where I have a chance to talk to him. Yeah. I, I haven't actually like gone to bed yet in day three, but I'm basically at the point where I was planning to go back. So I'll know pretty soon, but I'm not sure either. So, so I guess to, to, to then rewind back after I, I just thought that was kind of annoying because I really, I really, really liked the wrap up in, in day one. Uh, so then you, you talk to Titan. So, so I'm still talking to Titan and he's basically saying, yeah, um, I really don't know what to think of her at this point. And one of the one of his guys actually chimes in. And he goes, "So, I take it she's not Hardy material." And Titan just comes back with, "No, no, she's not." Yeah, I, I was actually just about to bring that up, so we just got to the same point. But yeah, he he makes it pretty clear, like, "Yeah, no, she's out." <laughs> like if, if if it turns out that she killed this guy, that's unacceptable. Which. If she has done this, that would be really interesting because it would imply, like, was she trying to get in with this group just so they would try to cover for her like this? Maybe. Because if if she clearly had all this plan and stuff, although... It almost, it seems like she was hanging out with them way before this anyway. Because why on earth would they listen to her about this whole plan if they weren't already somewhat friends? Well, no, I get that, but I'm just wondering if, you know, even that... Like, if how long has this plan been building? Because was she trying to ingratiate herself with them, knowing that eventually she might need to lean on them for this? Or was it just a happy coincidence for her that she was already friends with them? I don't really know. I, I don't I don't think so. But that's... Did you go back and talk to Khaleesi after all this? I've talked to her a few times, yes. I believe I did. Again. Also because I did get the key and go through the back room with the pinball machine and stuff. So I learned about that and found the footprints back there that implied that someone had been through there recently. Yeah, so more than that, did you actually talk to her about Ruby? Maybe not then, because that con- that specific conversation, like... You can specifically talk to her about Ruby. Then I, I may not have. Well, do you want... I mean, I mean, go for it. That's fine. I guess that's up to you. Do you want to wait or do you no, want to go, go back and do that? You can go ahead. That's fine. So I went up to her her room after I had talked to Titan and after I had talked about all this. And I said, uh, because at that point I had went over and I had bought a map and I came back and I did the whole extrapolation thing. And I got to see like the zoom out picture of everything. And it was actually kind of really cool. And uh, again, that skill has been like one of my favorite things. And it's only it's only come up a couple of times so far, but every time it does, I've really liked it. Yeah, me too. I, I really enjoy that. And I I really hope it, it's more than just this. Like the cryptozoologist, when we go out and figure out what's going on there, maybe I can est- extrapolate the whole crime scene of whatever happened. I just really think that that's... that's I really think that that's really cool. And, and 
It's come up at least one other time for me so far that I don't think you've seen for years. So it's definitely not just this. So I went back and I talked to her and I was like, hey, now that the body's gone and everything, can you tell me about the dude? Can you tell me about his tattoos? And basically she goes on and on and on about how sexy this guy is and and how great he was and the tattoos are basically just a way for him to show off to girls his muscular body and she was like it all worked we got polite and everything like that and then i was like so did you know ruby because before this whole thing happened she's like yes i did ruby and i got very close before he showed up and she told me that she was in love with me. I was, I, as soon as you said very close, even before you said that part, my brain immediately jumped to, oh, is this like a jealous, like she killed the guy because she didn't want to, oh. And as you're talking to her, you're like, hey, by the way, the whole footprints thing. And she says, do you think it was Ruby watching me and him? I, I can't think about that. Why would she even do that to herself? Because she says, Ruby flat out told me that she was in love with me and I told her more about myself than I probably should have. I told her that I was running from the Orange Company and why exactly I'm here. So she knows all of that about me. And when this mercenary showed up and we started getting closer... Ruby got upset and she basically told me you better end it or something bad is going to happen. Okay. Yeah. So that's even more, um, laying it on about Ruby being the culprit here. And then because I had done that or actually, no, I had actually talked to Khaleesi about this before I went to talk to Titan because when I went down and talked to Titan, that was one of my pluses. One of my pluses was, it is plausible that Ruby could have shot this person. Which, yeah, that that I had when I did the conversation with Titan too. That yes. Oh, and maybe I got that evidence. without Kalise. Maybe maybe not. Then maybe I talked to her later. But when I, I was talking to footprints. her, it was just doubling down on the game. Clearly, wants you to think it's Ruby at this point. Yeah, it's everything is currently pointing to her, and I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but. We both kind of agreed that the fact that it's pointing at her so hard makes me feel like there's another twist coming, and it's not her. But I think I know what it is. The the three mercenaries that Joyce sends, did you know that they're also the Orange Company? The same people that are after Khaleesi? Yeah. So Khaleesi tells you who the other two mercenaries are. Do you want to know? Uh, I I think I already do, but go ahead. You know, the big brute guy that stands, he's one of them. I knew that. And the other one, I don't know if I've talked to them yet. I, but it's a lady. Oh, it's a lady. Okay. Yeah. I got that from Joyce. Actually. I didn't get the, I didn't get any of that information from Khaleesi. I got the information about the other mercenaries from Joyce. Uh, but I've actually, I've talked to the one guy. Yeah. He's, He's not the big muscle head who's guarding the gate. He's the bit like the guy who's leading the protest outside the gate of people trying to get in and work. Yeah, that's the big muscle. That's the muscle guy. 
not not meathead that's not what right. i'm talking about the muscular guy down at the bottom right. yeah, yeah yeah it's him exactly yes yeah he's the one that's throwing up everybody into a frenzy and khaleesi specifically tells you hey maybe don't show that picture to them and maybe don't say that you're here about the whole murder thing to which i haven't done it yet but now that i remember i'm gonna immediately go do that just to see what happens yeah i did that because i already knew that was him and i did go talk to him about the picture and what did he do? Uh, he looks at it for a little bit. I kind of, th- there's definitely a point where your brain kind of pipes in and goes, you should probably back off here. So I didn't push it all the way, but I did show him the picture and asked about more detail about the tattoo. And he explained it some. Uh, I mean, we already knew some about it from talking to Khaleesi, but, and uh, I think even Joyce gave me some as well. But this guy explained um the specifics about a couple of the the stars specifically and it got pretty graphic and i'm not going to repeat it on the podcast but it's it's dude saw some stuff it's it's all about the different people that he's killed in different areas yes exactly and uh because because khaleesi tells you all that as well i'm sure he gets more in depth because he would be the mercenary random dude so I wonder who this lady is. I honestly is she in is she in the first area? I I think the lady's Ruby. I really do. You think Ruby is the other one? You said that you've talked to her. No, I just said that I knew that it was a lady because I got that information from Joyce. They they specifically told you where she was though, because Joyce said, "Yeah, she's here in this location." If it's Ru- Ruby bolted, I I really don't think it's Ruby. I see so. Here's the thing. I um, the information I got from Joyce was basically she did, she knew the lady had come, but she hadn't seen her. She'd gone to ground and disappeared, and that was the last information I had about the lady specifically, which made me think it was Ruby. I I guess it's possible, but they've talked about Ruby would have her hands in like a thousand buckets. Then she I mean, she's she a drug smuggler. Does. She wants to be a part of the Hardy Boys. How long has these mercenaries even been here? Like years at this point? Because it seems like they had to have been. And if it was Ruby, how would she have more? Ruby was there with Khaleesi before the mercenaries, specifically the one that she started being polite with, showed up. And I thought all the mercenaries arrived at the same time. I mean, it it might not be. There's a couple other people that I can think of that maybe it is, but, and I may just be jumping to, that thought because she's so involved in everything else, but that would explain how she theoretically had access to like military grade hardware and stuff. If she is the one who killed him. No, because also Harry already explained that that could have easily have been another stash around the area because Titan also mentions that there used to be like, I, I don't want to say hundreds, but many, many of these other stashes all around this area where there was a bunch of antique weapons, and he even extrapolates, it is possible that we haven't got them all, but now that you've told me about this one, I'm going to have my guys go dispose of everything so kids don't get the weapons and stuff. Like, the more I find out about Titan, the more it kind of seems like he's... Him and his boys are almost like a replacement law force here that's absolutely um what it is yes and they talk about that even a little bit more it's something that happens near the end of day three so i know you haven't seen it yet but 
that's exactly what they are. They're like a, they're the closest thing they have to the police since the police don't generally patrol the area. Well, and, and the reason the police don't generally propol the, per, uh, patrol the area is I actually talked to Kim about this. I, I, I don't know if you ever went back and talked to him about this specifically, but the the contest between Precinct 57 and 41, apparently there's this, like, neither precinct, this whole area is kind of a gray area as far as precinct lines are concerned, and neither of them really know who should be there. And neither of it, neither of them wants it to be them. And well, I neither of them. I don't know why they. I think they both actually want it in a sense because, or no, you're, you're right. Neither of them wants it to be them. And but but I'm actually really confused about that because it seems like both sent because Kim was basically a pawn in this whole thing. They sent him because he was kind of like a junior lieutenant, right? And but Kim also says, yeah, I don't really care about any of this. I don't really care about this contest. I don't really care about anything that's going on. So I'm basically here to just tank everything for my precinct. But that doesn't, that really confuses me because tanking it for your precinct and not, and giving Harry the lead on everything isn't exactly tanking it if they don't want it. Because I would assume whoever actually solves the case is going to get jurisdiction over the precinct. Right, which is why, I mean, if you follow that logic and that's what Kim is doing, why he's letting you take the lead, that is it, because then it becomes not his group's problem, it becomes your guys' problem. That's but exactly he, what he would do. But he says he doesn't care about the contest, meaning if they don't want it, then they would be happy with that. He specifically acts like he's going to poo-poo this whole contest thing and basically do the opposite of what his precinct wants because of of this whole deal. I don't know. Maybe I'm just confused. I just don't understand why. I, I, I get that neither of them wants it, but isn't Kim just playing into everything by allowing you to take the lead on everything? I mean, I get the impression that both Henry and Kim think that the contest part is stupid, but both sides basically just sent. I mean, because the further it goes, the more it becomes clear that Kim is actually a really good detective, too. Maybe not the legendary super detective that you are, but he's a pretty good cop. So I, 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 I don't 100% know what, I, I mean, I get where you're coming from. Cause like, I, I can see how, how that would be confusing. And the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, I don't know either. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like I'm sitting here confusing myself thinking about it because it's like, as Kim, if he basically wanted to say, screw you to his precinct, then he would be trying to, from my perspective, he would be trying to be like the star guy and taking over this investigation and everything. Because then it's like, hey, screw you guys. Now you have to deal with this area too. I, I, I guess in Kim's in Kim's defense, he really just wants to solve the murder, and that's really the only thing he cares about. He just wants to do his job. Yeah, he does not care about the contest, and, and Harry doesn't even know about the contest because he doesn't know anything. Right, but he. He also doesn't seem like he cares a whole lot when you do find out. Yeah. So after I found out all that information from Khaleesi and Titan and everything, I'm like, this game is hitting the it's Ruby real hard. And if Ruby is the other mercenary, because I now that you mention it, I do want to say the other mercenary was the one is the radio operator. Joyce said they got here first, 
scoped everything out, and then everyone else showed up. Right, and Ruby has that, clearly knows what she's doing around a radio. I think. So maybe it is Ruby. But then she's also a drug smuggler and also wants to be a member of these Hardys boys and also is in love with Khalid. Like, Ruby would would, would become basically the most complex character I've almost ever seen. She she she's basically the jack of everything. So the drug smuggling and stuff would e- could easily just be trying to get herself into like so if we think about what the, the mercenary's job was supposed to be, which is to basically force the union to collabor- to cooperate with them, then Ruby trying to basically incognito her way into the union could make sense and that could be why she was hanging out with the Hardy boys because then Theoretically, you know, she can try to leverage them from inside. Yeah. And the drug smuggling thing, well, there's more as far as that goes, too. And I don't want to get too far ahead because it's day three stuff. Okay. I'm sure that I'm going to find out more. I'm just sitting here thinking, like, she's busy, apparently. Real busy. And they did specifically comment when you looked at the radio in her lorry that it was really confusing how she even had this because it was really advanced. Well, basically the way Harry was saying and the way and what Kim was saying was somebody has to be controlling all of this because there's no way Ruby could have gotten all of this. This is a very detailed how this whole thing is working out. This whole drug smuggling thing is like mega advanced to the point where there's no way she could have done it. Although I guess if she's some ridiculous mercenary working for this company who also wants to kill Khaleesi, I, I just did you get Khaleesi's? Oh, that's right. No, never mind. You actually have after, after you find all this information out, you can actually get Khaleesi's real name. Oh yeah, no, I got her name, and you can arrest her. I yeah, didn't. I didn't arrest her either. But yes, I had that same conversation. I guess I'm really confused as how you didn't find out all that stuff about Ruby. Then I don't know. I just don't remember Ruby specifically. Coming up, maybe there was another condition or whatever, and I had met the conditions for the other things, but I definitely did talk to her and get her real name and also made the same decision to to not arrest her. Yeah. So then, uh, for me, that was basically the last thing I did, and then I I, I went to sleep on day two and woke up, and uh, after I... Well... I did go back and I told Joyce, I'm like, hey, there's drugs. I didn't give her a bunch of details on it because I'm like, yeah, that's police business. But yeah, I found it. And she's like, okay, I guess I have to accept that. And cool. So by the next day, that debris was cleared and I was able to go across the the channel to right. uh, the day three stuff. And that's when I found my badge. Right. Because <laughs> the first thing you do... You're, you have to go along the beach and you notice, hey, there's a destroyed car. And I'm like, cool. That looks an awful lot like Kim's car. Oh, like, no. <laughs> basically exactly the same. Cool. <laughs> I know where this is going. So then I get to sit there and wait for two hours. And there is a point where... Uh, you, you you get the option to like sing and you get the option to do a whole bunch of other stuff and I actually did I did like sing a little tune and Kim basically just ignored it and then it came up and it asked me a question I'm like hey Kim how are you doing like what's going on and, and then he brings up oh did you 
I can't believe we didn't bring it out after you said you did the whole uh, pinball thing. So Kim is apparently like a, a pinball, pinball champion. Yes. yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. The Kimball. <laughs> yeah, he had to go undercover at some pinball tournament or whatever. So he had to get like super good at pinball. And I was like, and now he hates pinball. And I was like, this is really funny. And he's not proud of it at all because I was like, that's really cool. And he's like, no, it's not. Yeah. You know, pinball is stupid. I hate it. I'm like, Kim, you it actually is though. That's really neat, dude. <laughs> I'm like, Kim, man, you are so complex. You're like Ruby. You've got your irons and a lot of fires. <laughs> Legitimately. I mean, of the characters we've hung out with, I, I have to say like, as far as companion characters in games go, Kim is just fantastic in general. Like there's so much to him. He's such a well-written character. Honestly, almost everybody in here has said something. I mean, all of the main characters, anyway, have been incredibly complex. Like, yes. Titan and his whole group was done really well. I would go as far as to say that even, like, the Dice Lady, just yeah, the all- complexities of her and everything, like, Joyce, you know, Kim, and obviously the main character. It, it's just the fact that the manager, who is a giant jerk, is in love with one of his, with one of his, um, bartenders and then she's like oh actually i really like him too it's like the the writing in this game has just been amazing this game is really really good and and that's like i said i think even back in the first episode this is a game that absolutely like would live or die by the writing because having a game like this that's you know basically an rpg without any combat or whatever else if the non-combat stuff, the writing and the character interaction and stuff, like, that's the entire game. If that wasn't good, this game would be terrible. But it's amazing. Yeah. Because there's nothing else for them to hang their hat on. Like, oh, you know, the story's done, but the combat's really good. Like, there's none of that. Like, the story is what you get. And and most of the co- most of the characters have complexities to them. And, and, and especially with, like, Kim and everything, you find out more about him like oh he was a pinball legend and he hates do he hates pinball now because he had to play too much pinball and uh just different things that he talks like his opinions on the the contest between the two precincts and everything like that it's like everyone has has had all these complexities in this game and it just I, I can't sing its praises enough because Disco Elysium has really been a trip. And, and the more I play it, the more I want to play it and find out more, especially when I found out like that Ruby is basically jealous of this dude. And um, I was just sitting there like, oh, I, I have to keep playing this. This is so much fun. And more so, another example, after you find out, you, you sit there and he's, you, he slowly comes to the realization that that's his car and he's like, oh, no, what have I done? I'm never going to be able to come back from this. They, they're they going to hate me. This thing costs so much money. I've, I've never seen this much money in the entire world. And they're never going to take me back after this. And he's like, first off, I don't know how you didn't come to the realization that this was your car sooner. I <laughs> yeah. realized it immediately. But second of all, people are worth more than cars. Yeah, it's not going to be good. And it's not good, but he's like, there's there's always a chance that you can redeem yourself. And I'm like, oh man, Kim, you are so awesome. I love Kim so much. Like, like I said, as far as companion characters in video games go, it's hard for me to think of someone who's been better 
better presented than Kim. He's so good. Yeah, I yeah, like I was saying, I I really can't I cannot sing the praises of this game enough because Kim is just for a stand for for basically a police officer who's in a different precinct who really should basically just be crapping all over what a terrible mess you've become. He is he is just that first flash that I got in my head where I was talking about you see this man and you know nothing about him, but you do know that he would take a bullet for you. That is rang true in every single conversation that we've had because Kim has always been right there with you no matter what. And he's just, he treats you as if, you know, when you see cop dramas and everything like that, and, and the two partners always have this unbreakable bond relationship. He basically treats you like that from day despite one. Having, yeah, despite having just met you. That's the way he treats you. He's like, this is my partner. This is my guy. You know, I even, I saw an option in Khaleesi's house at one point to steal her drugs. And by steal, I mean, I took them in plain sight because I wanted it. It said that you had the option to take them and dispose of them. Well, I took them and then Kim's immediately like, he turns away, looks at the door and tries to pretend that he didn't just see that. And then I was going around trying to find how I get rid of these drugs because I wanted, basically I wanted to do the good thing and take them away from her because she shouldn't be doing drugs. Needless to say, couldn't find anything and then reloaded because I'm like, I am not going to have Kim disappointed in me. Like legitimately, I took them specifically because I wanted to take them away from her. And I was hoping that there would be an option to like dispose of these things, but there wasn't. And I was like, I can't have Kim be disappointed in me. But before we get our badge back, I forgot. You wake up on day two, and there's two people standing there. A woman and a man. Two more more people in the hotel, yeah. A man with sunglasses and a woman. And you start talking to them. These are definitely more people from Precinct 41. Yep. The lady is a patrol officer. The guy is a real douche. I guess for good reason. Pretty, pretty clearly your actual partner who clearly does not like you at all. (laughs) Probably because he knows exactly what you are. And the, the stuff that you've been doing in this nonsense spiral, probably. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and every single time he says something that's like really jerky towards you, she's kind of like, John, stop. Like you, you heard him on the phone, you know, he's an, he's basically like, I don't care. This guy's a dick. Like, he's he's done this to himself. It's his fault, and yada, yada, yada. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't really know you people. And he's like, are you kidding me? What do you mean you don't know me? And then it goes into this, well, hypothetically, if I did know you, where would I know you from? <laughs> yeah. And My favorite. Oh, go ahead. Then you get all these options for, well... Okay, so I guess I know you as a police officer, but in this parallel universe, what precinct are we? <laughs> yeah. My my favorite bit is when you when you make the check to try to recognize him, which is an another esprit de corps cuz it's like police it's the internal police officer knowledge one, but if you fail it, the reaction your brain's basically like, I don't know, he must be like a fireman or something. That's exactly what happened to me. Like, he must be, like, a fireman or, 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 or whatever. I don't know who this guy is. And then when he tells you, he's like, I'm a police officer. and blah, I'm like, so are we, are we from Precinct 69? <laughs> Silence. 
And then my brain goes, well, maybe he didn't hear you. Try saying it again. (laughs) Then I'm like, precinct 69. Again, nothing. He's like, and then my brain comes back and and, and it's like, I guess that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love this game so much. Absolutely. I didn't think anything was going to beat Outer Wilds, but I really think this might be, be my favorite game of last year now. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's a game where we've said multiple times that it's all about the writing. I I would not be surprised at all if this became your favorite game based off of your interests. Yeah. It would be it, it would be hard for me to tell which is my favorite game of of 20 2019. Although I I don't really look at I don't look at things the same way. Like if you were to ask me what my favorite anything is, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I, I mean I, it, it it is a hard question and favorite whatever like it, it it, it tends to fluctuate it. I, I, favorites are such a hard question for anything, but there are, it's much easier for me to do like my top three or five than to do my top one, because then I could be like, because eh, like we've talked about my favorite video game is either Skies of Arcadia or Fallout New Vegas, depending on how I feel at the time. Well, that's the thing. I can't even ever line it into how I feel at the time, only because it's just like, I don't know. Games are so different. They're so different and they play so wildly different that it, it's hard for me to just be like, oh, I like this aspect about this game, but I wish this was also in there. Oh, I like this about this game, but I wish it was it, I wish it was done a little bit differently. It's so hard for me to ever pick a favorite anything, even when I'm coming into like movies and stuff. I People are like, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have a favorite. I'm like, well, that's a boring answer. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I've seen across my entire lifetime, hundreds upon hundreds of movies. It And my, my memory is so terrible that I can't just sit there and extrapolate. Oh, when I think about all of these scenes and how everything played out and how I was surprised six times during this movie or something. If you were to ask me right now what my favorite movie is or or series is, it's probably John Wick 3. But it's because it's the the most recent series that I've watched. All of the John Wick movies. The John Wick movies are excellent. Yeah, they're amazing. Matrix was also amazing. Now that I'm on a uh, uh, Keanu Reeves kick. How could I forget his name? The legend (laughs) himself. Yeah, Um, as, as much as people like to insist that you know, Keanu Reeves is a terrible actor or whatever. How many people can say they have like three what? iconic friends? Who how many is people- saying that? Uh, that was always kind of a thing that he's you know so bad and wooden or whatever. But like, how many actors can say they've got three iconic series under their belts? I mean, really? Anyone who says that, I, I hate the argument of this person's a terrible actor. Like, sure. There are some people where maybe their acting performances were not very, not very great. Like Kristen Stewart in Twilight. That's the one thing that everybody loves to say. Well, Kristen Stewart's a bad actor because look at her in Twilight. She didn't emote and she didn't do anything. That's because she hated the project. She took it because it was a job and she hated the project. Both her and Robert Pattinson did. Both of them hated the project. By the end of the movie, they were like, I know. I don't want to do this. Yeah, And they didn't have a choice. And you look at at Kristen Stewart in basically any one of her indie films that she did after that. And she's amazing. She's a great actress. But I hear people say all the time, oh, Kristen Stewart's in that. I don't want to watch it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? 
You don't like some. You don't want to watch a movie just because Kristen Stewart's in it. I really have a dislike against that entire line of of argument of I'm not going to watch a specific movie or I can't get into a specific movie just because let's say Kristen Stewart is in it or another actress that that somebody doesn't or or actor or actress that somebody doesn't like like somebody doesn't like Jennifer Lawrence because she is down to earth or whatever and that just doesn't make sense somebody shouldn't act like a fool on every single interview it's like screw you people are people you you can't look at an actor any differently than you would anyone else so when you actually get to go back to the badge for a little bit you actually get to find more about yourself. Uh, I mean, some of it we already knew, like your, you know, at this point we already knew his name and stuff, but to emphasize further how good of a cop he actually is, he's a lieutenant, um, double, I don't remember how they pronounced it, but basically he's been offered a promotion above lieutenant twice and has turned them down both times. Yeah, and in that same conversation, he actually refers to you as captain because you would have been a captain. Yes, they've offered a promotion to captain twice, and both times you said no. And then uh, one one of the things you can ask Kim is, well, why would I do that? And then Kim basically strongly implies that it's because you enjoyed actually doing the legwork and didn't want to get stuck behind a desk. Well, he, he, he did say that there were three reasons why someone would do that. The three reasons are there's no there's no captain positions in your in your precinct. You there is a captain position, but you're not taking it out of respect for the current captain. Or three, like you said, and he did heavily imply that in your case, most likely you just really lieutenant is the highest position you can be and still do legwork, still do the kind of detective work that you're doing now. Right, because at the captain level, you would basically just be like giving assignments and stuff like that. And you're right he does heavily imply that it sounds like that's not something you would have done especially considering they've offered him the promotion twice according to his badge and he turned because like once you could probably you could maybe argue oh he didn't feel like he was ready or you know out of respect or whatever but if they offered it to him twice that implies that he's just like oh look i told you i don't want to be a captain and 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 then it goes back to i guess maybe it's just the fact that your precinct has dealt with it so much longer although I do really want to go back to his his car and phone in and say, hey, I found my badge. Did you do that? Because I'm really interested to hear what they have to say about that. I don't think I have because I have a bunch of stuff I actually need to phone in about that I haven't yet. Okay, because I also I'm I'm going to I haven't done it yet. But based off of everything that I know about Everett, I'm definitely going to forge those signatures. So when I go forge the signatures and I go back to him to go get my gun, I'm going to then call in all at once and just say, hey, I found my badge. I found my gun. Just FYI. Oh, I also found a bunch of money. Did you uh, did you actually read what he's trying to get the signatures for? Like, did you pass the check to understand what he's doing? Yes, but as since I was actually just trying to blow through and get get content for this episode, I didn't actually read it. Uh, so I, I just know that it's bad because of so, the conversation that him and Kim had. So basically what he's doing is it's a pretty typical like land grab scheme where he's trying to get permit to do some construction, but the plans for the construction is basically going to be right next door to some 
I think it's the fishing village across the street or across the river that he's doing it with because that's why you need the signatures over there. He wants to build this facility that the plans are going to be for like 18 months to two years. And basically he wants to make it so unbearable that people are going to move out so he can scoop in and buy their land really cheap. Got it. So he wants to build this big fancy thing that's going to be really huge and expensive and annoying and stuff to annoy everybody into leaving basically, or be willing to sell their property for really cheap to get out of there. So glad that I'm going to forge those signatures because I'm not cool with that. Because when you ask him about it, he's like, well, you know, there'll be some construction for a few months and stuff. It obviously tries to downplay it. But if you actually like pass the technical checks or whatever, it goes into a lot more detail that, yeah, he's basically just the construction is essentially just going to be a side project for the real goal of buying their land. Yeah, because I remember the ensuing conversation I have after I passed the check with Kim. Uh, I, I kind of ask him, well, what do you think about this? And Kim's like, yeah, um, doesn't really sound good. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, man, doesn't sound good to me either. I'm like, if Kim doesn't think it's good, then it clearly can't be good. <laughs> you trust Kim's judgment very much. I do trust Kim's judgment. I'm not. That's not a criticism. I also trust Kim's judgment. He's very. He's a very wise man. Well, I was going to say, I've been somewhat of a bad cop because in my in my rush to get content, there's a lot of things that I just kind of skipped over. So basically, you, when we were talking about that old man and I was like, yeah, I don't really have time for any of this. Click, 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 click. Get my experience. Cool. Okay. Bye. Same thing with that. <laughs> I'm like, click, 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 click. Need my experience. Then I first got there and Joyce is basically like, hey, I'm here. It's it's cool. It's whatever. I'm like, click, 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 click. I got the impression, that, uh, especially from one of my responses, which is, oh, so you're here to watch us then? You're here to keep an eye on us because I did think it was strange why Joyce was suddenly over here instead of over at the dock. Yeah, she she camps out on the uh, on the other side of the river once you get over there, which took me for a surprise too because she wasn't there the first time I showed up, and then she was there the second time, and I was like, "Whoa, what are you doing? What is it? What?" <laughs> it might have been a day thing because as soon as I I had her conversation with her. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a day thing. I don't. That is weird because for me it was immediate. It just might have been like the time of day that you got over there or whatever. Because I was over there like first thing in the morning and then ran around for a while and then when I came back through she was there. See, I was there first thing in the morning too. I don't know then. Whatever. Maybe had you waited for your car yet? Yeah, because that was one of the first things I did. So I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Um. But 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 yeah. So yeah, you the game heavily. I mean, it really implies that you're a super great cop and that... Which, that's also the other reason that Kim gives for why he's been letting you take the lead is because you're technically higher ranking than him. But he didn't know that until... Would he have known that? I think he would because he would have known who his partner was. Oh, yeah. Well, Kim probably would have looked me up and done like a background check or something. Right, yeah. I mean, at the very least, when he heard the name, he probably would have looked you up in the database or something. And found out that you would technically be a higher rank. So I guess my question is, does that actually make you a higher rank than him? Well, because Kim says his rank is junior lieutenant. So he's actually a rank below your current rank, even without the double promotion. So I guess my question is, a lieutenant who doesn't take a double promotion, does that still, does that mean he's a quote unquote, because it's on your badge, a higher rank? level is that almost like saying you're a higher level lieutenant well i mean i i would imagine it would be more of like a respect thing but 
Okay. Either way, it's irrelevant because you are actually a higher rank than Kim, even without that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I get. I was just saying the guy who was being a super jerk to me and everything like that. It's like, hey, man, I'm your boss. Yeah, like I, I would imagine it's it's. It, I think I think it would be kind of like you know, like if you have the same title as your coworker, but he's been in the job for like thirty years, so you kind of just you know know that he probably knows a couple more things to, about like how it works. I kind of was imagining it as similar to that. It'd just be like a respect thing. Because Kim was also talking about how some people rise through the ranks and they make captain, or, or no, that was actually one of them. He said a lot of people end up rising through the ranks just because their partner is really good and they're promoted at the same time as their partner, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, because if, if you're getting, since you have a partner, you would both get credit for the case, so it would make you look good too. Oh, okay. And he said, but in your case with 218, he's like, I highly doubt it, that was it for you. I highly doubt you didn't take it because of that. 218 or 216 is impressive enough that it's like, there's no way this was just you and your partner being super good. Yeah. And for as long as you've been doing it, you've probably had a few partners. And it is really interesting that your what I would assume is your current partner seems to hate you so much because you would think he would be benefiting from your super copness. I'm guessing he probably hates... I am wondering, because of his hatred, because of everything that's going on, I'm wondering if you somehow were responsible for your spouse's death, now that we're sitting here and talking about it. Maybe your drinking somehow caused, like, maybe you got in a car accident or something with her and you survived, but she didn't yeah, because you I were mean, drunk. certainly possible. My guess is that he's just, he's seen this spiral and he's tried to help and there's nothing he can do and eventually that turns to animosity. Yeah, I think that's probably, that's kind of what I was assuming just from the way he talks. It's just like, he's seen you, you know, in a bad way and he's just kind of tired of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Just like me telling you you're you're a bad cop all the time. Yes, I'm very tired of dealing with, with your judgment. <laughs> <laughs> just know, Andrew, that I think you're a great person and I'm glad to be doing this podcast with you. But also I suck at everything I'm doing. I was not going to say any of that. I don't. Truly, I don't believe it. I'm just trying to create drama for a podcast. I think you're a great witcher, Andrew. Uh, well, well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. I still disagree with your, your choice on Triss, but that, hey, you know, that's just a love thing. You know, if there was a well, real I mean, Triss and there was a real Yennefer, I'd be happy that you went with the lesser of the two. Wow. <laughs> well, that, of course I would think that because your reaction should be yes. And of course, I think you went with the lesser of the two. I already made my case that I wasn't super sold on either of them, so... Well, yes. I, if I re- if I remember right, I know you really wanted Shawnee, but I was kind of in the same boat, except I, during the course of the podcast, I, I couldn't really admit that because, you know, Yennefer's my girl, but Shawnee was definitely the better catch here. I mean, let's be honest. Of the writing and everything. Okay, well, we agree on that much, at least. <laughs> But now that we're pretty well caught up to, I think, where you're at, unless there's something else you wanted to cover in day three, but I know you said you hadn't done hardly anything across the river. So. No, I, I didn't get as much playthrough as I had wanted to, because I know I had said in the last episode that I wanted to get partly through day three, but there was just so much stuff that I still hadn't done in day two. And I still haven't talked to the guy on the balcony, because I talked to him at night on day two, 
I was like, hey, man, what's going on? He gave me the key and I got inside and everything. But I didn't do that until the morning of day three. And it says, hey, you should probably come back at night because he's only there at night. Crap. Well, guess I have to wait until night of day three in order to actually talk to this guy. I don't think it would have let you anyway because I went the same night and it was like he's stepped out for the night. You have to come back tomorrow. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure that since you triggered it on date, because the same, like, I didn't get to talk to him until late for the same reason. And it was just, Kim's like, yeah, I don't think he's home. We should come back tomorrow. The other thing that I forgot to do, I forgot to call in the serial number of those boots. And it takes 24 hours for it to even get back to you. And since I didn't do it until day three, I'm going to have to wait until day four to actually find out any information on those boots, which really sucks. I wish I had remembered to do that on day two. I will say that's definitely something that you've got up on me, though, because I never got the boots, so I couldn't do that. No, you got the serial number from... you. Did you not write down the serial number when you were uh, talking with Kim? Oh... Oh, I thought you were. Oh, I thought you had to get. Okay, then yes, I did do that in that case because I I did the autopsy really thoroughly. So okay, so did you call in? Did you did you use his his car to call in the uh, the information on the boots? If not, you may want to do that because it takes them twenty four hours to get the. Yeah, info. I, like I said, I've got a ton of stuff I need to call in at this point because of various things that I was just going to do all at once and then didn't, and I'm going to do it first thing in the morning on at this point because you should really call in on the boots. At the end of day three, so first thing in the morning on day four, you can get the information on it. Yeah. You definitely right. want to do that at the end of the day, because no matter what, it takes 24 hours to get that information. Well, it takes, it 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 heavily implies when you ask later, even if you've spent a couple hours doing it, it says, come back tomorrow and I should have information for you, because realistically, I'm not going to get anything now. So if you call at night on day three, you might be able to just call immediately morning day four and find out the information on those. So definitely don't forget to do that. Yeah. Okay. I don't but, really know what else I'm going to get other than random information, but, but yeah, I'm definitely going to try to complete all of day three before the next episode. And by try to, I mean, I am going to complete all of day three before the next episode. And with that, and that's going to do it for this episode of Disco Elysium here on Video Games Cover to Cover. As always, you can contact us via email, through Twitter, or through our Discord server. And I will be sure to put the links for that in the description. I love Kim. Kim.